Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. Hope that you're doing well with us here today on this Monday, a Mailbag Monday installment of Locked On Blue Devils as we're fresh off the bye week for the Duke football team, getting set for their next game coming up. And it's going to be a good one as we get you set for Duke and NC State throughout the week. But today we've got those mailbag questions that we want to answer. You've been sending them to us all the time at LO underscore Blue Devils on Twitter and LockedOnBlueDevils at gmail.com if you want to send any via email. So on today's show, a very good friend of the program, Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk, will join us here on the show today. But if you have not done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get your podcast. Also make sure that you watch our videos on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel, like these videos, share it with your friends as your support means so much to us here at uh, Lockdown Blue Devils. So without further ado, let me bring on my good pal, Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Josh, hope you're doing well. Hope you enjoyed a weekend without Duke football. I know this time of year we love it so much. It's really difficult to watch all those other games knowing that Duke's not in the mix, so to speak. But sometimes it's a a good little break, a time to let some of these banged-up players get a little healthy going into the back stretch of the season. And that's really what it is, JJ. In fact, you know, I I believe the bye week came at a perfect time for Duke. Uh, Obviously, two really, really big games in those first five against some really high-level opponents. And then, as Coach Elko would remind us, this is really week 11. There were five weeks of, of uh, a fall camp uh, leading up to the, to the season starting. So, really, these guys have been going for basically 11 straight weeks. And so, you know, I know Duke did a really good job last week of letting the guys have the week off. And uh, they did individual work. A lot of the guys that were banged up, you know, just trying to get right, get themselves back and ready to play uh, this Saturday, NC State coming to town. Everyone wants to talk about quarterbacks, and uh, that's a lot of our conversation and questions here today in the mailbag. So let's get right to it. LockedOnBlueDevils at gmail.com if you want to send any questions for future mailbags or on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Uh, Popular question talking about that quarterback room with Riley Leonard. Again, many people uh, speculating, expecting he will not be able to make a quick enough turnaround to play in Saturday's game against NC State. So a uh, pretty simple question here. What is the quarterback outlook behind Leonard in that quarterback room? Well, yeah, I mean, number one, you know, I'm sure uh, Duke is not going to show their hand. Um, uh, you know, they're going to leave that open, uh, I'm, I'm assuming, throughout this week, um, just so that, you know, the, the staff over at North Carolina State, you know, doesn't know exactly what they're dealing with. Uh, but, yeah, Duke fans, behind behind Riley Leonard, there's Henry Beelan the fourth. Henry Beelan um, is a redshirt freshman, um, was here last year, did not come to spring ball last year, so just showed up in the summer, which nine times out of ten quarterbacks do come in the spring. Henry did not. And so you're like, okay, this guy's going to be behind the eight ball, you know, this or that. Well, what you saw happen last year, and I think this is important, uh, you saw the quarterback battle between Jordan Moore and Riley Leonard. And when Riley Leonard won the job over Jordan Moore, you did not see them leave Jordan Moore in that quarterback room as the second quarterback. And I actually think uh, that says more about Henry Beelan than it says about anyone else. The coaching staff last season with a true freshman uh, behind Riley Leonard, 
a true freshman who was not in spring ball, just at fall camp, um, they were willing for him to be the number one primary backup to Riley Leonard. So Henry has got all the physical skills that he needs to be a starting quarterback in the ACC. There's no question and no doubt about that. He has a cannon for an arm. Um, he's big, strong kid. He's the kind of kid, you know, if he gets running uh, and you hit him, he's probably going to fall forward for two yards. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of got that about him where he had to mature and where we see, where we've seen the progress with Henry Bielen has been in the speed of the game. Um, his ability, even in practice, uh, you know, to, to hit that open receiver, to throw that, to throw the ball into those smaller windows. Um, this past, you know, the game against, what was it? Lafayette. Uh, we saw him come in they didn't just hand the ball off and he goes eight for eight. And so number one, you have Henry Bielen. Uh, behind Riley Leonard. And then behind Henry Bielen, uh, if Riley doesn't go, he would be the backup as true freshman Grayson Loftus, uh, who I believe you've had even on the program uh, back before he enrolled. Yeah. Uh, Gr- Grayson was kind of the leader of this uh, recruiting class. Uh, he was recruited under the Cutcliffe uh, regime, but, is, but stayed on through the transition. Um, and, and Grayson, the kid out of South Carolina, that Duke has been very high on from the get-go. Um, he got in in the fourth quarter of the UConn game. Uh, they didn't ask him to throw the ball much there. They were just trying to kind of run that clock out. But they were able to get him valuable snaps. You know, he he, he got snaps in a game. Um, you know, it wasn't against his own teammates, right? He got snaps in a competitive football game. And so that's where Duke is. Now, you know, one of the obvious, you know, questions is, you know, will there be some packages or a package for Jordan Moore, you know, if, uh, if Riley is, is not ready to go? And that may be the case, but I would say this. I don't think the wide receiver room has the depth without Eli Pankole healthy. I don't believe the wide receiver room has the depth, per se, uh, to pull him you know, out of there and, and, and give him many reps of quarterback. All right, let's get another question in here about Riley Leonard before uh, we kind of flush those away. Mailbag Monday. Again, a lot of people wanted to know about the quarterback uh, for the Duke Blue Devils, so we'll ask that right now. How does the dynamic of Duke's season change without Riley Leonard. This came from Devil in a Blue Dress on Twitter. Always love when she sends questions in. So how does the dynamic of Duke season change without Riley Leonard? I I don't believe it does. And here's my yeah. here's my thought. Um, I, I think I speak for all you – know, I think the, the program would say this. Duke expects to beat NC State with Riley Leonard at the quarterback or with Henry Bielen at the quarterback. Duke, Duke can and should beat NC State. I'm not here. That's not a, that's not a knock on NC State in, in any way, but I believe that Duke's rosters, top to bottom, should beat NC State. The question mark is Florida State. That's an away game. It's in Tallahassee. Sure. And, and once again, we can say this because we are just personalities that talk about Duke football. Um, no one, no one in their right mind picked Duke at the beginning of the season to win that game in Tallahassee. Okay. Yeah. So. If Duke, if, if anybody at Duke sees this, they're going to smack me upside the head for saying this. But let's just say Tallahassee's a loss. Let's say it was going to be a loss no matter what. Okay, like that just is what it is. Our second loss of the season. It's our first ACC loss. The game that matters in all this. So how does it change the trajectory or the outlook? The game that truly matters, in my opinion, is that Louisville game. The road game. Louisville uh, is off to a great start so far this season. That road game at Louisville is a very important game. Now, that will be 
uh, three full weeks off of Riley, Lin- Riley Leonard's energy, uh, injury. So will he be back for the Louisville game? That's where I believe things can start to get dicey a little bit. If he's not back for Louisville and, you know, and, and it extends, injury extends a little bit longer, I think some expectations may change. But as of right now, if it's Henry for the next two games, NC State and Florida State, I don't believe it changes the trajectory at all for the remainder of the season. Okay, I love that. I've got another good question kind of talking about those games in particular because I'm with you. I don't know necessarily that the outlook of the season changes that much uh, without Riley Leonard because I think in so many ways Duke has exceeded a lot of people nationally, the outlooks that they – me personally, I think they've exceeded kind of my outlook on the year so far. So uh, let's just keep moving along and, and see what this Duke team is certainly capable of. The next question, I'll ask the question, we'll tease it, we'll go to break, and I'll let you answer it on the other side. This one comes from at Cowboys Blue Devil on Twitter. So a fun combination there, Cowboys and uh, and Duke football. Uh, and it's this, is the UNC game the hardest game left on the schedule for Duke? So be thinking about that, Josh, and we'll answer that after our first time out here on today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils. Locked on Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Athletic Brewing Company. When we're talking about the beverages that you need to have, Athletic Brewing is something that you need to have uh, at your full display. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good, full of flavor, and well-crafted, just like your full-strength beer. Their brews are great-tasting and award-winning. They beat out full-strength beers and global competitors. Brewed over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beers, including IPAs, Golden Sours, and so much more. So it feels like you're drinking beer, but you're not. They're fit for all times. You can drink them anytime, anywhere, and make any activity even more enjoyable, like watching the big game, your kid's game, work around the yard, everything like that. And the best part, there are no hangovers ever. You can find Athletic in-store, online, or at bars around the country. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. You can buy online at athleticbrewing.com. Again, that's code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near brew, exclusions and conditions apply. Uh, Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. Moving forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Josh Cox from Big Football Talks Section 17 podcast. He's at Joshua Cox on Twitter, at DukeFBTalk. And we, of course, are at LO underscore Blue Devils on Twitter, which is where our pal at Cowboy Blue Devil just left us with the big question that we just teased there, Josh. So uh, the question again, is UNC the hardest game left on the schedule for Duke? What do you think? I mean, I'm going to say I'm going to say it's not the hardest. The hardest game left on the schedule is at Florida State. Uh, I believe without question. Um even though I know Florida State has shown themselves to not be perfect in any way. Um I still believe the talent level that they have uh down there in Tallahassee um is is the most difficult. I will give you this is my opinion. I do believe the UNC game is the second toughest game remaining on the schedule. It's tougher than the Louisville game, tougher than the Pitt game, tougher than the NC State game. You should go on the line. So I do believe it's the second most difficult game remaining on the schedule. And 
listen, all credit to UNC, the start that they've gotten off to, all credit, you know, to those guys. No hate there. Uh, that's going to be a big one in Chapel Hill. It's going to be a big one. You know, obviously Duke fans and players alike in the program remembers last season and just that heartbreaking loss. And so, uh, yeah, not not the most difficult, but the second most difficult. Big news recently for the Tar Heels, obviously with Tez Walker now being eligible by the NCAA. So, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be a big one. I, I think that uh, UNC is is a team that nationally I don't know as many people are talking about. Uh, I, I think there have been some other storylines that people have been focused on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, once again, uh, you hate to say it, but uh, Mac Brown's got a hell of a football team over there in Chapel Hill. So and, I think and, we're set for an all-time classic in the rivalry between these two schools on November 11th. Yeah, you're right. And and this is not to take anything away from you. And see, they have a favorable schedule this year. It's just the way it works. Next year, Duke's going to have a favorable schedule. Yeah. But this, but this year, UNC does. And so they – and Louisville's the same way. They have a favorable schedule. And so – at the end of the day, both of those teams are, are doing really well. And, I mean, listen, you still got to win the football games. So, I'm not taking one thing away. I'm just saying they don't they don't have that gauntlet that Duke's ha- going to have to run through this year. So, Good deal. Next mailbag question that we've got here. Uh, question comes in. Are you concerned that Elko may leave for Michigan State or a school like Florida? Okay, so uh, assume uh, Florida, interesting. Obviously, Billy Napier, uh, some, some rocky waters there in Gainesville. Uh, with what they've been able to do this season. But uh, are you concerned that, that Coach Elko could leave for one of these destinations, Josh? I mean, I'm concerned. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll say it. I mean, there are some good historic yeah. football programs out there, and yeah. uh, I think there's got to be a level of concern for any Duke fan um, when, yeah. when you hear it's a good thing that your it coach is. is kind of sought after and wanted. It is a very good thing. Duke fans better just get used to it because uh, if, if Coach Elko is going to stay at Duke long-term, every time one of these jobs comes available, you're going to see his name on that list. It just is what it is. Um, do I believe it would be the Michigan State job? Absolutely not. Do I believe it could be a job in the SEC like Florida? I mean, if you're going to woo him away from from Durham uh, you know, in this stage of his life, um, I, I believe you know it would have to be an SEC school. Um, you know, I, I could be wrong there. I so and would not be personal, the last, or it would not be the first time that we've seen a coach coach right. at Duke and then also end up on the sidelines in Gainesville. Yes, that's true. Here. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I will say, I believe there are some. I believe Coach Elko takes a lot of things into consideration. I believe it's important that Duke pays him properly. That they continue to give him raises, uh, performance. You know, the the, the team is performing and he needs to be compensated as such. Um, I do believe in his personal life, his family, just the dynamics there with the age of his kids and whatnot. I could see him turning down some, some pretty hefty pay raises just to not make another move. You know what I mean? During this stage of life. Um, That's my opinion. I believe he's got unfinished business left here at Duke. Um, I believe that deep down he knows if you play winning football at Duke, they're going to build a statue uh, in your name. If you go to one of these other places and you have one, maybe two bad seasons, you're out the door. And I get it. I get it. The buyout money will retire you for life. Like yeah. the, the amount of dead money in the SEC being paid to former coaches is astounding. So I understand. Uh, but, yeah, uh, wishful thinking is that he never leaves. Logical thinking says he's going to be on pretty much every search list of major jobs moving forward. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's a smart man, right? An easy thing to do here would just be publicly saying, I'm not going anywhere. 
I'm committing to being the Duke football coach. But his own price tag, his own self-worth continues to go up when more people come calling and that sort of thing. And it's hard to fault a guy um, in, in kind of answering and, and kind of seeing all the conversations and playing out various theories and ideas. Um, yep. It's just crazy. We've gotten to that point six weeks into the season, but that is college football in 2023. There are rabid college football fan bases who are already sending their coaches out the door packing, uh, yep. you know, halfway through a season. And in any other environment and in any other uh, line of work, if someone said, I'm going to double your pay, but you got to move to Florida. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to be like, nope, sorry. You know, so at the end of the day, we got to, we have to understand these guys are human beings. You know what I mean? They've got livelihoods. They've got things they want to do and goals for their life. And so we don't wish it, but I mean, it, it just is, it just is things a reality. Happen. Yeah. Things happen. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit more about this Duke football team this season with a couple of more questions after our final timeout here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. This is America's number one sports book. We tell you that all the time because new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than now to get in on the action. So visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of... The NFL. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, JJ Jackson alongside my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Do me a favor, promote your work, Josh. Where can people find you? Tell us about the episodes that you guys are releasing, all that jazz. Yeah, so we put out weekly episodes this week. Uh, we'll be previewing the NC State game. Um, we sat down with uh, former NC State quarterback Mike Glennon uh, this week to talk um, to talk NC State. He well uh, runs a podcast, yeah, called Pack Therapy. Um, and so he he, if Duke fans for you know FYI, he is he was the Russell Wilson replacement uh, there in Raleigh. Um, so we sat down with him, but we try to do that, uh, bring you in depth um, you know knowledge on our opponents each week. And then deep dives, we do Q&As, uh, just like we're doing right here for Mailbag Monday. We do this in a little bit more rapid rapid pace form each week on our, our uh, podcast. You can find us anywhere you do a search for podcast, uh, Section 17 podcast, and then at Duke FB Talk on social media everywhere, and then DukeFootballTalk.com. So, uh, yeah, and we, and we also have partnered with the Durham Devils Club, and we do bring you uh, long-form interviews, like hour-long plus interviews uh, with players, the latest to drop. Uh, was Graham Barton. I sat down for an hour and five or ten minutes with Graham, and so DurhamDevilsClub.com for that kind of stuff. All right, I love it. Let's keep it moving. A couple of more questions here on the mailbag today. What did you think of the atmosphere uh, in the environment with College Game Day, having been at Duke for the first time for football? Talked a little bit about this last yeah. week, but still yeah. good to field these questions. It's still a day that we like talking about, Josh. I mean, yes, the atmosphere was peak. Uh, it was It was it was as good as I could have imagined. Like if you would have said, Hey, create the scene for college game day. How many people are going to be there? There's drone shots. What's it going to look like? I mean, the fans delivered. Um, and so number one game day was great. The game day crew was excellent. McAfee uh, was just, he was as advertised. <laughs> it was a lot of people didn't see that. I was able to see backstage after it was over. 
McAfee stayed there and talked to every fan that wanted to talk to him. I mean, everyone else was kind of moving on. McAfee stayed out there and took pictures with people. They were awesome. So game day atmosphere was great. Tailgating was great. There were more tailgate tents set up uh, around uh, the area than I've ever seen. Um, now, I, granted, I did not attend the 2009 Alabama game, and so I've right. heard that was on a different level. Uh, maybe so. Uh, but as far as Duke fans are concerned, never seen as many uh, as, as many tailgates and tents and things. And then the game day atmosphere. I mean, obviously adding the bleachers there in the open end zone, um, you know, added a few hundred more people. And when they said it was sold out, I mean, I was uh, I was credentialed media for that game, so I was just kind of walking around at one point, and I was going down section nineteen uh, to get onto the field. There's an entrance onto the field there at section nineteen for media, and uh, when I got up to the top, the guy was like, "Hey, man, this section is completely full. Sorry." And I mean, and he wow. he hadn't seen my credential, which is cool. He let me through, but all that to say, literally, they were like, "Hey, this is completely. Full. It's a GA section." It's completely full. So, you know, it wasn't one of those, like, kind of fake sellouts. Like, it was a legitimate sellout. There were butts in every seat. And then, I mean, listen, had Duke won that game, uh, you were you were going to see the exact same thing you saw on Labor Day. I mean, the place was ready to come unglued. There was an incredible uh, number of Duke fans there, ratio-wise. Uh, we, you know, we all agreed, uh, podcast guys, 60 to 65% of those fans were Duke fans. Um, and that was that was pretty incredible. We were expecting it to be a little bit more of the 50-50 split. So atmosphere was awesome. Fans show up. And then if you're local, that's got to be a, something that just becomes a part of Duke fans, you know, thing. They come to games and obviously got to get more butts in the seats on the games like NC State, Wake Forest, and those other games. All right, let me get one more question in here in our mailbag. The environment uh, looked outstanding. Thanks for that question right there. One more came in. From Twitter, let me make sure I get this handle right. Uh, a shout out here to All Duke All Day Forty Seven, All Duke All Day Forty Seven for sending us some love here. The uh, question reads: Jordan Waters already has eight touchdowns this season. What kind of success can Duke have if they lean on him? Interesting thought there. I mean, yeah, touchdown yeah. numbers good for Jordan Waters. Uh, thanks for bringing that up there in that question. Eight touchdowns already. What kind of success can Duke have if they lean on him? Yeah, I mean. Eight touchdowns in five games uh, is pretty remarkable. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he, I, th- I believe the Duke record is 14 in a season. He's on his way to breaking that before, and we're still no having three or four games yeah. left. Um, so, I mean, I'll just tell you this. Our entire podcast thought this was going to be the Jock Moore breakout season, um, and I still think he's got time to do that. Um, but Jordan Waters, you know, if you know his story, he came to Duke as a safety and actually played safety his, fresh, his redshirt season, I believe. Before they moved him over, uh, that would have been Mateo Durant, uh, the Mateo Durant season. They moved him to running 21, back. 21, yeah. Yeah. And so he's, he's he's been a converted running back. And I felt, and I'm not being critical of Jordan, but all last season, we you know he's a north-south runner. Like, you know he's got that head of steam. He loves to run people over. But it was like all last year he would kind of tiptoe his way through the backfield before he could find the hole to go north-south. And oftentimes, it just wasn't working out. Um, and so, last year, you had Jalen Coleman, who's you know evidently still trying to get back right. You had Jacquez Moore, and you had Terry Moore, you know, all that backfield. And honestly, he kind of got – Jordan got a little bit lost, uh, you know, there in, in some, some ways. Fair. This season, my guy, it's like he's flipped a switch. Like, 
he gets north south very quickly. I can't I can't recall a play where I watched him went, man, Jordan just danced around in the backfield and he didn't find the hole and he didn't get there. Like he's been there. He's been ready. In that Notre Dame game, JJ, that fourth quarter, he was the he was an absolute beast. I mean, he was taking on those Notre Dame defenders. Uh, the Feely effect was in full go in the fourth quarter. Notre Dame, Duke looked like they were stronger, faster than Notre Dame. And so, like, and, jo- and Jordan Waters was the key guy in that. And so he single-handedly, you know, took us down <laughs> with that one touchdown that we scored. I mean, he, he single-handedly did that. So I think Jordan Waters has the ability to break that record. He's not going to break the yardage record. Uh, Mateo uh, uh, broke that um, in, in 21. Yeah. And, it was because Mateo was the only back. I mean, Jordan played very sparingly that year, so he's not going to break the yardage record. And the way that they have it divvied up in the backfield, that's not just not going to happen. Period. But I do believe the touchdown record is there. And then, listen, I think I think Jordan is showing himself to to at least get on the radar uh, for the next level. Uh, a guy that's that big and strong can't be taken down with one hit typically. Um, yeah, so I think the future's bright for Jordan Waters for sure. And, and a player who's proven himself so far. Yeah. So I do think that there is a level of success that Duke can have if they were to lean on him a little bit more. Back to the question that was kind of asked. Yep. Like, yeah, th- this team can, when you don't have as much experience at quarterback but know what you've got in the backfield, that helps your offense out. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. We, we spoke of Henry. Well, if we want, if we want, if Henry plays this Saturday uh, and we want Henry to be able to kind of – uh, you know, kind of weighed in before he dives in. Yeah. Uh, obviously, a heavy dose of the run's going to be there. Now, I will say this that NC State defense, if there is a strong suit on that team, it is that defense. Peyton Wilson, you know, is he's, you know, playing incredibly. Um, and so I, I don't know how that will work. You know, we may have to go to that arm of Henry a little bit quicker. Uh, but yeah, I could definitely see a, a more steady diet of the run game. And then it's just on the offensive line to, to open up those holes. Yeah, no, I can't wait to see how it all plays out. And uh, a couple of games left here on the season. Good questions today on the mailbag. Keep sending them to us, LockedOnBlueDevils at gmail.com or on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Out of the bye week, Josh, let me just get a message that you've got for Duke fans out there, Duke football fans. Obviously, people a little down with Riley Leonard being injured right now, and rightfully so. I mean, he's got a ton of... Uh, on his plate that he's been asked to do this season. Uh, but what would your message right now to Duke football fans be? My first message is since it's the bye week, I hope you got caught up on your Duke basketball uh, yes. timeline and uh, saw some of that five on five, seeing some of that that Caleb Foster uh, love that's been going around, seeing two hip flip, uh, you <laughs> know, uh, getting up and down. Uh, so that's my first thing. It's only, it is acceptable during bye week, right? It's acceptable yes. during bye week for Duke football fans. Let me tell you this. Fans. Hey. 28 days until tip-off. There Four we go. weeks from today. Four we weeks go. from today, we'll be watching basketball. Yes, yeah, so, so that's cool. But for Duke football fans, I will say this. Uh, Riley Leonard is a, a high-character, high-quality young man. So I can promise you this. As soon as he gets back from his injury, he's going to be ready to go. If he is out for an extended period of time, he is going to be the most supportive and hardest-working guy in, in, yeah. that, in that locker room. So I hang your head, hang your hat on that. Uh, Riley Leonard is going to be – Steady no matter what is going on. Number two, this coaching staff has had a next man up philosophy since the day they walked on campus. Whatever happens, who's next? Let's go. Bring the next guy in. Henry Beelan is going to get a chance. Uh, listen, this is a this is a kid who was re- recruited to come play power five football in the ACC. This is not some turnaround and hand the ball off quarterback. Like you're gonna see, you're gonna see Henry Beelan, you're gonna see 
what he can bring to the table and what he offers. And so I would say that. And then thirdly, I would say keep your 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 hopes up and your expectations high. Um, listen, I think I think Coach Elko would be the first one to tell you we're we're Duke is supposed to go into this game Saturday night and they're supposed to win this football game, and that every single player on that team thinks so. And so I would say keep your expectations high. Hopefully, this injury to to Riley Leonard is is minimal and he's back as soon as possible. I love it. Josh, thanks for the time today, man. We'll talk again soon, okay? Have a good week, JJ. We'll see you. All right, that's Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk Section 17 Podcast joining us here on today's episode of the program. Go check out their work. Follow them on Twitter at DukeFBTalk. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. We'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.